0: Now, this past week, a lot has happened, and some people have asked also uh, about the situation that has happened in England. If you are caught up with the news, the Church of England released a kind of statement that said that they're going to bless uh, gay marriages and all, and, and so uh, many people are worried that if you belong to the Anglican Church of Singapore, are you standing, you know, with them I want you to be assured that the Diocese of Singapore do not stand with this statement and Bonnaya, Bishop Renis Ponaya have written something representing Global South Fellowship of Anglican Churches it says that they deeply de- regret the decision of the Church of England General Synod supporting the House of Bishop proposal to bless same-sex union which goes against the overwhelming mind of the Anglican communion so, You know, there will be more statements coming out. But we are living in different seasons and times. So turn to your name and say, you've got to be watchful. We need to be watchful to pray, you know, to seek the Lord, and also grateful. Say grateful. Aren't you glad that we still can come to church here? Right? This is not bomb, and we don't go through crisis. But we need to count our blessing every single day. In fact, uh, yesterday when I was preparing my sermon at home and have a chance, the very rare chance to have lunch with my, my wife, we went out and my long only cost 40 cents. Wow, I was so happy. I asked her, why 40 cents only? She said, because I used the CDC voucher. And I said, where's mine? She said, I redeem all for the family and spend all already. <laughs> Still some money left. But I thought to myself, today I want to start the sermon by asking you, aren't you grateful that you are Singaporean? because uh, for some people, they need to apply to be a citizen in Singapore. And I realize that there are a lot of challenges to be a Singaporean. If you're not, you have to actually, uh, first of all, know that you're eligible. Who is eligible? Let me read to you some of the eligibility. You must be a Singapore PR for at least two years and 21 years and above. Or you are married to a Singapore citizen. And if you are below 21 years old, you must be legally adopted by a Singapore citizen. Or you are living as a PR studying in Singapore, and you must pass some national exam O-levels or enrolled in some IP program or things like that. Or even go through ARMY. So after that, you have to go through a lot of strict restrictions. Now, for us Singaporeans, do you know all this? We don't really go and find out anything about that, right? Because we are... Singaporeans. And do you know that the Singapore passport is actually quite powerful? Under the survey, right, by Hen- Henley Visa Restriction Index in 2018, it says that a global ranking of countries according to the tribal freedom their citizens can enjoy Singapore ranked number two. Let me give you some other benefits. You have housing benefits, education benefits, CPF benefits, health care benefits, and if you're not happy, you should be happy! <laughs> So, after stating all these benefits, right, I was wondering to myself, now, being a Singaporean, when I come to Singapore, I don't think about all these things. And sometimes we forget. And it's the same as being a Christian, that we forgot the benefits God is giving to us, but it is not really a benefit that God wants to give to us only. We need to understand first our identity. So, today I've titled the message as Becoming the Lost covenant people. We need to understand God has called us to be His covenant people. Now, I want to do a recap because we started off by telling you what is a covenant, remember? It is a contractual arrangement between God and a person or between human beings which require binding action from one of both parties. Now, we said that we want to teach from the Old Testament to the New Testament, but in Chinese. Now, last week, I mentioned a lot of the Chinese character, right? not last week, two weeks ago. On Sunday, I decided not to do that because I took too much time. But I want you to know that in Chinese, you know, Old Testament and New Testament is and the word is actually covenant. So we are really understanding the Bible through various covenants in the Old and New Testament. And I said that the summary of the Bible is God's gracious action to reverse the effects of human sin and to establish a new creation. We start off... We first saying that God has established the covenant with creation through Adam and then of course after that reminded through Noah and then we say they selected a nation so we have the Abrahamic covenant and today we really want to talk about the Mosaic covenant or the Sinai covenant and we want to again be reminded that God first had this idea of the kingdom based on the Garden of Eden because he put God's people in his place under his rule so that we can be a blessing to the nations. Amen? Now, these are all recap. And last week, we have this wonderful picture of this old man, right? And Reverend Joel reminded us that as the people of God multiplied in Egypt, they become slaves and God led them through the Red Sea. And Exodus means way out. Now, did God give the law before or after the Red Sea? Did God give the law, the Ten Commandments, before or after crossing the Red Sea? After, exactly. And so I want to start off by saying that God did not require us, first of all, to obey everything so that you pass the exam, then you are delivered. Praise God that in Christianity, God is reminding us it is by the grace of God that we enter. It is through the blood of Christ that we enter. And so we cross the Red Sea, and then we are here to talk about why the law is so important. And so today, as we talk about the lost covenant people, we want to first of all start with the story of how they made their way across the Sinai Peninsula and headed eastward. Now, it really starts with the first Passover. I want to highlight first of all, with all the instruction that was given, something that you may not have noted and that is, in Exodus twelve six. it says, it is kept until the 14th day, then killed. We need to say that the animal that was slaughtered was kept until the 14th day, which is the month of Nisan. Now, you must understand, the Jewish people had a different calendar system, the lunar calendar. And so, Nisan is the first month of the Jewish calendar, which is normally in April. So, on the 15th of Nisan, the, the lamb was slain, and then the first Passover started. Now the first Passover represents every male come under God's protection in the Passover. They will have to be circumcised and servants of the household that dwell in the house they are covered under God's protection so that the angel of death came through they have passed over this household that has painted with the lamb's blood. Amen? Are you with me? So can we go to the Exodus? Can we continue this story, and then we go on to see how Moses and the people of Israel that were staying in Goshan, they crossed the Red Sea, right? And as they crossed the Red Sea, Miriam sang the song of victory, and after which they journeyed into the wilderness of Shur, and then. After that, they go to this place called Mara. Remember the story of Mara where they couldn't drink any water because it was bitter and then it was made sweet again. And then they continue on to Elim and then after that into the wilderness of Sin, which is around this area. Now, there's a lot of story going on in Exodus 15 16. Now, within these few chapters, you will realize that it was in a wilderness that God taught them how to keep the Sabbath. Because in the wilderness of sin, at Exodus 16:1, which is exactly about one month, about 31 days after they have left Egypt. That means after the day when they pass over, ran out quickly, this is like one month later, the second month, they learn how to keep the law of Sabbath with the idea of trusting God to provide manna. Now, these are all the stories that's happening, and then if you continue on this wilderness, you know they have been wandering here, and that is where they are wonderful people, right? <laughs> because they wander here and there. <laughs> and in the midst of wandering, they are also complaining. How many of you remember the message I gave about complaining? <laughs> I went through a list of things that they complained about, no water, and then God, you know, Moses struck the rock, water came out, and then they fought with the Amalekites. All these were happening over here. And this is where we are at. In this journey, we come to this place about after 47 days later. They have reached this place at the foot of Mount Sinai. And this is the place where they're going to encounter where God is going to renew their covenant. We call it the Mosaic Covenant, which is actually the same covenant, but this time around, there is a specific ceremony they have to go through to really become God's people. Now, as I mentioned in my introduction, that sometimes we don't think much about being a Singaporean. But until you go through the process of thinking how you become a Singaporean, then you realize there's a lot of work, a lot of thinking, that requires for you to go through to make you a citizen of this nation. Because anybody who comes to Singapore doesn't make the person an immediate Singaporean, right? And similarly, you come to church, doesn't make you a Christian, just like you go to the airport, doesn't make you an aeroplane, right? So we have this impression that, you know, if you do the things that you do, if I do the things that you do, I'll automatically be in part of this covenant community. But that's not what God is saying. God is saying you have left Egypt, you have been saved, you have been delivered, but if you're one of the Israelites, you think to yourself, you still have a chance to go back to Egypt, isn't it? You still have the chance to go separate ways, isn't it? Maybe the tribe say, you know, why don't you go this way, I go this way, I don't want to be led by Moses. But a lot of them has been brought to this place at the foot of Mount Sinai in Exodus 19. And we're going to read passage by passage to help us understand what it means to become the people under god's covenant shall we read chapter 19 verse 1 and 2 together go in the third month after the children of israel had gone out of the land of egypt on the same day they came to the wilderness of sinai for they had departed from raphidim had come to the wilderness of sinai and came in the wilderness so israel came there before that mountain. So right now, this is the place. They are seeing Mount Sinai in front of them. And sometimes in different passages, it's referred to Mount Horeb. This is after all the incidents about the bitter waters, you know, the things that, that, that has happened. Now Moses, this is the time when he went up to the mountain. And what happened? God made an offer to Moses. Now, you must understand, in a covenant or a contract, there is an offer that is made. And now God is making an offer, a contract. It's like giving you a special offer when you queue up for some kind of, you know, goodies, right? You no, know, in Chinese New Year recently, I see a lot of offer about Ba Kwa. But I'm, I'm so blessed this year because maybe when I preach, I use the illustration of how I love Ba Kuan so much. I tell you, I receive many boxes of Ba Kwa. <laughs> So thank you very much, those who blessed me with a lot of bakwan's and hang bakwan's at my house. Uh, I, I thought the best way to keep it fresh is in my tummy, so I tried to finish as much. Of course, I shared a lot of it. But I want you to know that sometimes a good offer is, is hard to come by, isn't it? In the Men at retreat chat group, I always find it very intriguing because the chat group has got very theological debate to very funny stuff, and including one uh, is a Mao Sang Wang offer to eat free Mao Sang San durian daily for two weeks. Eh. And after that, they will test you to see what happened to you. <laughs> I was very tempted to take out the offer, but I realized I have to keep preaching, so I couldn't. Now, when we talk about the offer, we think like a good offer is hard to miss. Right? And this is the offer that God is giving the Mosaic Covenant. And I want you to know out of this offer there's something very significant we need to note is that to become God's people, you must always see God's initiative. Remember? God's initiative for them to actually cross the Red Sea, to be delivered. It was God's initiative. It was nothing that they do that was right to allow them to be delivered from their slavery. But God, in His grace, In his act of reversing the effects of sinful man, brought him out of Egypt. And that was God's initiative. Here again we see that as Moses went up to the mountain, God made the offer. And Moses went up to God. Let's read together. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. And how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a treasured possession to me above all people, and for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Now, this is the part where you, you know, copy out, make bookmarks, right? How I have borne you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. What promise, what grace that God has given to us. But in these few verses, we can see a few things. First of all, God said this. Now, you have seen what I have done. You know, the, all the demonstration of God's power. The Red Sea open. You have seen the powers of God. This is like going to get, uh, you know, buy something and then you ask for a demonstration. I remember when I was trying to buy a mop for my mom and I was look at a demonstration. You know, in demonstration, they do it really well and they are so skilled. Uh, they just flip here, flip there, and then they, you know, everything is clean. But when you bought the mop, uh, you don't know how to operate. <laughs> and I told my mom, it was quite good just now, but now I can't even make it work. But you know what I mean? When you go and buy something, there's all these demonstrations. So God is saying... You know, about this offer. Guys, I have shown you what I can do. I parted the Red Sea. You know, this is a demonstration of God's power. And then he said this. Now, if you would obey and keep my covenant, this is the term and conditions we are talking about. This is the covenant that God is laying before us. There are terms and conditions. And then we're thinking to ourselves, I thought no terms and conditions, we're just safe, We, we can do anything we want. No. Because after you have been saved, after you have crossed the Red Sea, God is reminding us that now I want you to live as a people group according to my law. Now, wait a minute. I thought I don't have to do anything? Now, being a Singaporean, you also have to do something. Like, you cannot eat chewing gum in our country, right? (laughs) You can eat chewing gum all you want in Malaysia, but you cross the border, please don't bring any chewing gum back, right? So there are laws and there are rules and regulations, there are terms and conditions for us to continue to live as the covenant people of God. And that's what God is saying, obey and keep my covenant. These are the terms and conditions. And then He will say, you will be three things. You will be, first of all, a treasure people with land in mind, a kingdom of priests. Wow, this is the first time I think that God is kind of talking about kingdom mindset to this people group. And so, then you, you talk about the third thing is a holy nation. Now, if you cross reference to what was promised to Abraham land, nation, and blessing this is the same thing that I mentioned to you two weeks ago about the promised kingdom where God's people is Abraham's descendants. The land will be the promised land that God has given to them so that they will be a blessing to the nation. So, in the kingdom, we are supposed to obey the king. And under the king is ruled by his laws and people need to submit to the laws. The good thing about this is that there is no fine print in God's law. Praise God, isn't it? There's only 10. 10 rules, right? Of course, you can argue by saying that. After that, you read the Torah, there's 613. But as we begin to understand the heart of God, we must understand these are all God's initiative. This is the initiative of God to bring the people as his covenant people, and he's doing all these things, and he's laying down all the terms and conditions. Now, I always remind myself that when you buy things, always look at the fine print. You know, I come across this, this uh, sale, it says TV plus internet, $49.95, and if you look at it like this, uh, $49.95, very big, but then you forgot to see this, in front of $49.95 is From. And then after forty nine ninety five is per month for 12 months. <laughs> so we, we don't read all the fine print, but here God is saying there's no fine print. And it's my initiative I'm going to give to you like this, but this is how you're going to live. And I, I, I was reminded by uh, some proposals I saw in the past as a youth pastor. You know, my own proposal, I'm quite embarrassed to say, so I won't share it because my wife is here. But I will share other people's proposal that was to me very glamorous. This is Pastor Nicholas Day from the Chinese ministry. Uh. His wedding proposal uh, quite tiring to all of us uh. <laughs> because we have to go there. And then, of course, he, he wrote a song, actually, and then sang it, knelt down. But I want to tell you that the hustle and bustle and the uh, busyness was before, you know, the, the bride-to-be actually come into the scene because you have no idea what's happening. But we are, you know, there early. And then he rented the helium gas, and then we try to blow up the balloon, and then one balloon go off, and then this one cannot fly, this one cannot stay, so we're running around, and then praying like crazy that it will not rain, and so we do all these things, all because, because the, the groom-to-be wanted it, lah. right? And because we are good friends, we got, you know, corn into it, or pressured to be there, to to be there, to be present. And, and, but I tell you, just to look at this whole thing, I remember when I see all this, uh, my wife always turned to me and said, how come last time not like that? <laughs> I say, actually, it's the same. Uh. The main thing is the husband's initiative, but must agree can already. <laughs> so I want to say this, that as we look at this whole picture, we understand God's initiative. We see God's initiative. Number two, we must understand God's vision. Say God's vision. Now God's vision is not just wanting us to know what we are saved from. We must know what we are saved for, right? Say it with me. Don't just know what you are saved from. You forgot it. <laughs> know what you are saved for. Exactly because I remember Pastor Daniel used to say God's covenantal relationship is not just about salvation, but about God's vision. Do you realize that the passage that we read, if you cross-reference to the New Testament passage, is actually the same? Because the Apostle Peter, when he was speaking to the church, took this out and said, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10 is not here, but I'll read to you. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We have become the people of God under His covenant. Now, this is God's vision. This is the vision that God has for us. But do you know what? Many Christians did not realize that. We are hung up about the benefits of being a Christian and forgot about God's vision. Now, when I was younger and did not know God, I do not like myself. In fact, when I grew up a bit older, my parents told me that, you know, in their days, I was the boy that is kena okong meaning they have to pay a fine because I'm the third child, because you have to stop at two, right? So I'm the one that was meant to be aborted. So I was the almost aborted baby. <laughs> meaning you say that basically I shouldn't be here, right? But then when I thought about it, I said, wow, I could have a pity party to myself. And one of the worst part of my growing years was in primary school. I don't have a good self-esteem about myself. When I was this short, I was actually quite fat. So when I was in primary school, I always tried to prove myself. I remember when my self-esteem was hurt really, really badly was when we faced all these nurses that was doing body checks. Now, in my days, we have to take out our shirt and queue up. And when I take out my shirt and queue up, you know, the layers of fat uh, is everywhere. Uh. No matter how I hide, uh, it will squeezed out somewhere. And I was so embarrassed. But when I faced the, I call them auntie, uh, you know, the nurses that look really fierce with thick glasses. Uh, and she turned to me and she did the most uh, unacceptable thing to me, uh, I think. Because she squeezed my fat and shake my fat. You know? And it became like a tsunami that go up to my cheek and come back. So every part of me was vibrating uh, for, for the wrong reason. So when she did that, she asked, do you know that you are overweight, you are very fat? All oh, my friends heard it uh, and they laughed at me. And because I was so nervous, shaking my fat, thinking I couldn't think anymore. And all I could think of was all this junk food that I've been eating, I should eat healthy food. So I, out of you know, my anxiousness, I shouted. She said, what must you do? I said, I must eat, I wanted to say, eat more healthy food. I say, I must eat more. And she cut me off. You still want to eat more? (laughs) That was like one of the most horrible days of my younger days. And I tell you, I grew up with that kind of self-esteem, not loving myself, not loving others. But praise be to God that in the process of knowing God, I learned that God has a vision for me. His plan is to prosper me and not to harm me. You are the head and not the tail. Amen? Now God's vision is for that. It is a wonderful vision for us, but sometimes we hold on to thinking that we are a mistake because the devil would rather you think that you are a mistake and not become the people of God. But when you start to understand God's vision, you start to see the plan of God. And so Moses at this point went up, got the offer, came down. And then this is what is written in verse 7 and 8. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. And then all the people answered together and said what? Okay, we agree. Sure. They said all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought words back. From the people. You can imagine Moses coming down the mountain and then ask, Do you want? And then they say, Yeah, yeah, we want, and then going up again. <laughs> and then later on receiving the Ten Commandments coming down. Okay, as we counted, like you say, about near the 20 times. I didn't count, but he must be very fit at this moment. So those days don't have WhatsApp, don't have free call. So Moses has to go up and down, up and down, representing God to the people and representing people to God. So he is really the priest. A priest is someone who represents God to the people and the people to God. And that's why in my office, this is what I'm doing. As I preach the Word of God to you, as you receive the Word of God, it is to ask you to count God's grace and to remember God's laws because I'm representing God to the people of God. And then after that, I pray for you and proceed for you representing the people to God and say, God, this is where we are at. And so they agreed. But agreement is not confirmation, Right? It's just agreement. All right, this is the engagement ring before the suffering. No, so I'm sorry, the wedding ring. <laughs> right, the wedding ring. So this is the engagement ring. So in Exodus 19, verses 10 and 11, this is what they're supposed to do. So Moses went up, said yes, and then come down again. And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. I wonder why is that so... <laughs> Maybe after travelling for 47 days, it must be quite smelly, right? So they have to clean it up, they have to consecrate themselves and let them be ready for the third day. So after three days, God is going to appear before them, before every one of them. So, now, consecration, the word consecration means to be set apart and to be clean or to be holy. So this is what it's all about. That before God appears to all of us, we got to clean up. And this usually... Include steps of preparation, also abstaining from sexual intimacy, purifying, washing their clothes. So all these are just symbolic of we need to clean up our egg before meeting God. And then what happened? And the day comes, right? When God showed up in a very, very, very dramatic way. Because this dramatic way shows the awesomeness of God. There was such a dramatic entrance, it is like going to wedding dinner. How many of you have been to wedding dinner and the first course was super dramatic? I remember, you know, praying the prayer. We are supposed to say grace, or people, a pastor will say grace. And after saying grace, I switch off the light. I was shocked. We are supposed to eat in our dark. And then the music came out, and then the waiters and waitresses came out with their dishes. Right? And then it's very dramatic. So this is something like that. God is appearing. With this offer, and this is a dramatic uh, entrance. And in, in verse 18 of chapter 19, it says, Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord has descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a king. And the whole mountain trembled. And I tell you, if you read the story, the people refused to come near her. They were so terrified. The word uh, fear of the Lord, Ira, is terrified of the Lord. Terrified. They are really terrified. And then after that, Moses went up again, received the Ten Commandments. Now, in Exodus 20, verse 20, it says, Moses went up there and then told the people, do not fear, for God has come to test us. Now, the testing is so that our hearts will be pure and holy. And then it says this, and his fear maybe before you a lot of times we are more fearful of men than god so now the fear of the lord came upon them so that they may not sin now understand that the law was given after the crossing of the red sea the law needs to be given because it's a reflection of the vision that god has for the people of god just like the law that our singapore government has right so no chewing gum means we want a clean nation Drugs are illegal because we want a drug-free nation. Praise God for all this because the laws become the boundaries that God has set for us. It was here that God began to set out the terms of the covenant in greater detail so that they could hear from God Himself. So in Exodus 20, we find the Ten Commandments of God laid out all the way up to Exodus 23. The stipulations were elaborated in order that everyone understood God's term before they signed on the dotted line. So the terms and conditions were spelled out. But friends understanding god's law must also come with understanding god's heart amen it's like the illustration i heard from pastor daniel some time ago they say about the crossing of the traffic light now the traffic light was meant to deter accidents right so when a young boy said, you know, I want to do whatever I want to, and then told the father, I'm not going to obey the traffic light, you know, whatever colour I'm going to cross, the father would jolt him and said that, you know, if you cross the red light when there's not a green man, then one day a Ferrari come and knock you down and you'll be dead. So out of fear, the child obeyed. But look, if there's a scenario where there's an old lady that was out in the, on the road and it was red light, And this young boy was there and saw the Ferrari coming. To obey the law or not, is it representing God's heart? Now, you must understand that if the boy went out to save the old lady, there is a possibility of being knocked down by the Ferrari still, (laughs) right? So the law remains, but the law cannot save Now, I want you to know that the presentation of the law is to show us that sin is present. But the law will never have the power to save us. And so, we must understand God's law and understand God's heart because many people follow God's law but break God's heart. The law is to reflect God's heart. And to keep the law, we must also remember God's heart. So, right now, God's vision is stated and we move from the engagement to the marriage And so in Exodus 24, verse 3, so Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people answered again. uh, This is the second time he's asking. It's like the wedding couple asked many times, Reherser also asked, you know, in the proposal, he asked, will you marry me? He said, yeah, 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 I will. Then Reherser asked again, but they, on the wedding day, have to ask again. So they asked this one more time and they said the same thing. All the words which the Lord has said, we will do. And finally, I want you to know, understanding, seeing God's initiative, understanding His vision, we must confirm by God's way, only by God's way, only by the way that God has stipulated for us. And so the confirmation come in Exodus 24, Moses starts to talk about this whole ceremony that includes blood. What kind of blood? Bulls' blood, oxen's blood. So you must understand that the people say yes and then there's this whole ceremony that has happened. Now, you can see in the picture there are many, many basins of blood. Let's read these few verses together. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed piece of rings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people, and they said, all that the Lord has said we will do. This is the third time they said this, and be obedient. And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. Now, the original word sprinkled is actually better translated as true. So think for a moment right now, pretend that you are Israelites standing you know, before Moses and Moses has killed all these bulls and cows, right? And all the blood you know, is poured onto the altar and then right now, he's got this basin and he's going to throw. I mean, that day when you wash your clothes, clean everything, and if you wear white, that's it. <laughs> right? How many of you would like to appear there and be covered by this blood? How many of you say yes? You don't want? Huh? Now think about it theologically. Do you want to be covered by the blood? Yes, yes right? So I prefer some blood. <laughs> Just kidding, huh? But you know, we do want to be covered by the blood. Now, this is the theological understanding. We have to get this right to be covered by the blood. But those days, you know, after you're covered by the blood, you will smell very differently. (laughs) But it is under the covering, under the covering, that you can become the people of God. It's like the baptism, right? Very powerful. Very, very powerful. And remember, this is the time, in fact, this is the time when they make this ceremony and they really become the covenant people of the Lord. So blood was put on the altar representing God, God as their king right now. Now they recognize this is like the underground gangster that you know put their blood and then come together as a ceremony. So so to me it's like that. So now they recognize this is the king. And then blood is poured upon the people, those who have the blood now you are god's covenant people this is the sinai covenant the mosaic covenant and this is the framework of the covenant in the New testament now if we all got it right you will understand this is most powerful illustration of what is to come because this set the framework of the question why must jesus die some people say jesus must die on the cross because he needs to forgive our sins but do you know that you can forgive sins without dying right So Jesus must die because the blood must be sprinkled on the altar and on the people. Can you see that what Moses was doing is in direct representation of what God has in mind to do to all human race so that all of us, it's not just the Israelites, can become the covenant people of the Lord. Amen? Wow! That God has planned so much earlier, right? Praise God that He was the one that's initiative. He was the one that gave us the vision. Now we must go through His covering. It's under His covering. That's why baptism is so important. It's under His covering of the blood. The baptism is a symbolic act of us coming under the covering of blood. I mean, I think it's easier to get water than blood, right? Don't you think so? So those who are not baptized, get baptized. But I want you to remember that there was a very significant event when Jesus was about to be crucified. Because Pilate came to him and talked to him and then say, and then Jesus said, you know, those who are on the side of truth. Uh, okay, in fact, in the context, Pilate was asking, are you the king of the Jews? And he says, for this reason, I've come to this world. And then after he said that, those who are on the side of truth will listen to me. And then Pilate said, what is the truth? Because... Pilate, looking at the Jewish people trying to crucify their king, could not see any truth in this situation. And then after that, Pilate went to the people and said, you know, who do you want me to release? You know, by the law, you can release. Do you want me to release Jesus, the king of the Jews, your king? And they said, no, release Barabbas, a bandit, a thief, a criminal. And then Matthew 27 verse 25 says, Pilate washed his hand and said, i got nothing to do with this. And then all the people answered and said this, His blood be on us and on our children. Now they say in a very blessed way, right? Say that we'll be responsible for it. Not knowing that what they are saying is the exact thing that we needed. Amen? That His blood needs to be on us and our children. If not, we will never be covered. His blood needs to cover us so that we have fear for the Lord. And so the Mosaic Covenant transmitting and transiting to the New Covenant is this, that the Mosaic Covenant, people obey out of fear. But in the New Covenant, people obey out of love. And in Jeremiah 31, 33, it says, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And this is the fact of life in Christian faith. That we need to understand we are under this covering. Because most of us, when we sin, we want to cover ourselves. Right? We use thick leaves to cover and it doesn't work. The first time Adam and Eve sinned against the Lord, blood has to be shed. Because the animal skin was covering them. So there's blood sacrifice. And on it goes to remind us that right at the beginning that blood sacrifice was important because this is the pattern that God has for us in redemption. And so we must be under the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ to be able to become the people of God. But once we have come through that, we must understand that the devil has no hold on you anymore. And for me, the longest time I have in bondage when I was young, as a young Christian, I was struggling with pornography. You know, I was introduced with pornography when I was in my secondary school. And this happened when I was doing part-time somewhere, you know, all these bad friendships that you have. One day, someone got this magazine. And I, I remember the first time looking at it, and then I'll cook on, you know, last time the internet is a download modem. So the picture will come slowly. Uh. You still have time to repent these days don't have. uh. Now, we are living in a very different age uh, where the picture comes instantly even if you don't want it. uh. Now, I tell you, uh, I mean, I'm embarrassed but I will tell you honestly because I think there's no shame in Christ, right? So this is the past. uh. When I was about, you know, 16, 15, 16 years old, I remember one day one of my colleagues, you know, part-time colleagues, they gave me this magazine. uh, This magazine all some old auntie without clothes uh. so I put it in, in a bag I was not looking at it but I went home I accidentally just left it there uh. so my mum uh, out of the blue just shouted uh, because they called, my mom called me Abeng uh. so she saw this uh. she took out the magazine like this uh. Abeng uh! so I was like so embarrassed and then in Hokkien uh, she said you have blood coming out of your nose my cousin, you cannot see this. You know, this is not good for you. I say, <laughs> out of fear, I say this is not mine. You know, I try all, oh, cook up with all kinds of excuse to say that this is not mine. But I truly was embarrassed. Of course, immediately I went back, throw to my friend, and said don't give me such thing anymore. But you know what? The the bondage was still there because I was doing out of fear of being exposed. Because when you are fearful of being exposed, you are fearing how, what men can do to you. So you use all kinds of cover-up. So you cover yourself in all kinds of things, but not by the blood of Christ. But then on, so I went to you know, church, ministry, and God's disciple. now I really understand God's vision for me. I really understand what it means to be covered by the blood of Christ. You know what? I was free from pornography at the age of 18, 19 years old free, completely free because it is the power of the blood of Christ not out of fear not because I was afraid that God may expose me but out of love out of love for Jesus Christ yes, I fear God I fear that I will disappoint God I fear that God will be hurt because He has raised me to serve as a leader and guess what? the Holy Spirit will convict you will prompt you to remember the law because in Ezekiel 36, 27, it says that I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. It is like you obeying all the agreement without knowing because you love to do it. Christianity is not a bunch of rules that you have to do it, but you get to do this because you love to please God. Real purpose to enter into a covenantal relationship with God is Love, love. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, for whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, that on the cross He shed His blood for you. And so today, the challenge for us, do you want to come under the covering of the blood of Christ to enter into this covenant relationship. If you say yes, come clean and say, God, I can't secret myself. I'm yours. For those of you who are struggling with secret sins, it's no longer a secret because God knows them all. If you, are, you only see it as a secret because others do not know, but God knows them all and God receives you still. And this is The gentle reminder that I have for myself and for all of us. That whatever God is pinpointing right now, remember that you can only live your Christian life freely when you have love for God and love His vision for others. Shall we stand? We're going to sing a very old song that I want us to sing. It's called, It's Your Blood. I sang this when I was uh, very young. And while I was preparing this message, I thought this is a good song to remind us. Come under the covering of the blood of Christ again. And if you're confronted today, come and receive the blessing of God. And come and be washed by the blood of Christ. It's your blood that cleanses me. Thank you. It's your blood. That gives me life It's your blood That That's took my prayer. Precious, sacred. Let's sing it one more time. For our hearts, Lord, we worship you. It's your blood that gives me life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, right now. It's your blood that gives me life. I'll do your deliverance right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's your blood that gives me life i God's precious sacrifice. Can I invite us to all just close our eyes, bow our heads. Maybe among us today, there are people who have not really come under the blood of Christ. You have never entered into a covenantal relationship with God. Or maybe you have come to church, but you did not make a full commitment to say, Lord, I am here. I surrender my heart to you. Bless you at a count of three. Can I ask you to gently gently raise your hand because I want to pray for you at a count of three. One, two, three. Anybody? I saw one hand up there. Anybody else? Anybody else? You want to enter into a covenant relationship with God? Thank you, thank you. Anybody? One hand. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, even as the person raised their hand, Father, Lord, you speak, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. Receive receive him in Jesus' name. Let him know that, Lord, as he confesses his sin before you, he is in covenant relationship. You'll be the king of his life. Hallelujah. Before I send you off, I, I just felt like there's a motivation for me to ask another question for Christians. You felt that this morning God is convicting you? I don't want to embarrass you come forward but I do think that it is good for us to just say God you know I, I need that cleansing for whatever reason right I need that cleansing and, and at the count of three if that's you just raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you right cause the auditorium do not be afraid don't look to your left to your right uh, thank you thank you Father in the mighty name of Jesus Christ there's so many people Lord has raised their hand say Lord I did that cleansing Lord by the blood of Christ be cleansed you are not condemned by the devil, accused by the devil because you are free from this day forward. In the name of Jesus Christ, let you be set free. Free from the bondage of sin, from the bondage or the understanding of secret sin. Let it be known that you are set free by the blood of Christ because you are under the covering of Christ. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give praise to God. How do you find the covenant series so far? Right, it's exciting for us because uh, we are actually trying to preach all the senior pastor message So it's quite tough. So if you want to hear the original one? Go to Saint John Saint Margaret <laughs> because he's also preaching there. Come and let bless you before you go. And now, Lord, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen, amen. The service is over. If you need prayer, come forward. Our service pastor will pray for you.